a church in Cardiff, where we're from, had had a word over them about being in Antioch. And so when we were going and going to plant, it was a fascinating how some people's response showed their misunderstanding of the word Antioch. I had someone come to me, actually I had quite a few come to me and say, how are we going to be an Antioch church if you go? How do we do that? You go and sit and say, well, what's Antioch famous for? I said, well, people going. But how are we going to do it if you go? You say, well, that's kind of part of it. But there's more to it than that. So if you'd like to turn to Acts chapter 11, we'll look at the first part of the story of Antioch, and then we'll look at the second part in a minute. Acts 11, verse 19. Now those... Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as those places Antioch, spreading the word only amongst Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Syria, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks, also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was on them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. <coughs> News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarras to look for Saul, and we'll leave it there. This is written in about AD 43, and there are just a few things I want to pull out of this. Firstly, when you look at the things that are said of this community in Antioch, one of the things that springs to mind, one of the things I'm so excited about is this, they were built on the grace of God. It is foundational. And what is said of this community is, The grace of God was with them. It was key to who they were. And so when we talk about being an Antioch church, which I want to say is a word that's spoken over you, and I feel even today you get a sense that this is almost a birth of something new for you. Actually, this Antioch thing is, first and foremost, the grace of God is on you. The grace of God is here. That's a foundation of who you are. It's no legalism or religiosity. It's to have a whip anywhere near you. The grace of God is to be on you. I was um, up in pont doing some videoing for a video we are putting together for the church plant. And I was up on the common and looking down over pont and I've been videoed. And I was kind of from this place looking down and saying, over there, that house over there is where Tom Jones was born. And he used to sing in some of the clubs over here before he went to Las Vegas and turned orange. And as a result, now all the people of Pontypridd have turned orange. And as a result, the tanning salons that was edited out. But there's kind of I'm looking down, and I suddenly found myself saying this line: Why plant churches? Why go to these communities? Because in these communities, there is no hope. There is no purpose. There is no destiny. However much money is thrown in, you still have four fifth generations of unemployment. There's no hope. There's no way through. In fact, 
People would look in the valleys and say, you're only something if you get out. You can't be something if you stay. There's no hope. And to stand there, I found myself suddenly saying, but actually, the reason we plant churches is because of the grace of God to come into these communities, to bring hope, to bring purpose, to bring destiny, to change the lives of people, to make them realize they're worth something. You know, they're constantly told they're worthless. They're suddenly saying, no, Jesus says, you're worth him. That's the most amazing message to say. And then I found myself saying, and because church is for everybody, whatever your nationality, whatever your class, whatever your age, whatever your sexuality, church is for everybody. And as you say those lines, I suddenly found myself thinking, and do I believe that? Is it clear to build what God wants? The answer has to be yes. Church is for everybody. It's a place where they come and find the grace of God. It's a place where in their relationship with God, they're transformed by the renewing of their mind so they can live a life worthy of the call they've received. Not a place where people come in and live by rules and regulations. It's a place where they come and have a real relationship with Jesus that transforms their life. Therefore, actually, I think some of our churches that will all be birthing will look more like Corinth than Ephesus. Some will look like Corinth and deal with the issues and the situations because actually if we build on the grace of God, we've got to trust God to lay that foundation. Sometimes we go, we've got to put it all right. Make it. Sometimes you've got to say, do you know what? God, you're bigger than me. When I put my hand to it, it goes wrong. <laughs> I've noticed that. You know, when I try and sort things, I'm aware. I like to try and sort problems. If there's a problem, I love to sort it. Just built into me. Even when I have no ability to do it. You know, I have, and this is a real profession, I have found myself sometimes trying to give someone directions when I actually haven't really got a clue where they're trying to go to. <laughs> I just don't want to sit, look, I don't know. You know, I just want to help. I just want to help. And, well, I can never road a bit like it. I'm trying. Those people probably still now want your own party. This should be down here somewhere. <laughs> but... I, you know, there are certain things I am now banned from in our home. <coughs> Electricity and plumbing. I'm not allowed to clear either of those situations. Um, plumbing, because we once moved the radiator. Well, I moved the radiator. Uh, it was going well. I knocked a wall down between a toilet and a bathroom. It was a room. I thought it was great. Knocked it down. Radiator to move. I thought, I can do this. So I led the system, cut the radiator, Moved it. Sadly, also hadn't fed the system properly, and the kitchen was flooded downstairs. <laughs> I sorted that out, moved the kitchen, moved the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> the problem, moved the radiator, put it on, fitted it all, I was so proud of it, turned it on, it wasn't quite connected properly, flooded the kitchen downstairs. <laughs> At this point, I got it sorted, turned it on, everything was good, I came then to knock the floorboards back on and put a nail straight through the pipe that I just <laughs> I am banned from doing anything that has water. And also electricity, just as a result of the fact I kept electrocuting myself. So, <laughs> but actually it's amazing how in church life, 
there should be some things we're banned from as well. And sometimes it should be we've got to allow the grace of God, we've got to allow the Spirit of God, we've got to let that be the foundation and allow God to do the work that He's doing. Sometimes we've got to trust the power of the gospel. Sometimes we've got to trust the grace of God at work in people's lives. We give, we give helpful advice, we're there to secure, we're there as a net to help pick people up. We've got to allow God be God. We've got to. That's got to be part of the DNA. And what you see here is when Barnabas comes down to see his community in Antioch, the thing he is amazed at is the grace and favour of God upon him. Can I just commend you? When we came, and whenever I come amongst you, one of the things I love is just the atmosphere. Now, you know, you can just pick up an atmosphere. You can pick up where things are at. Even last night, the fun, the laughter. It's just, it's good. The grace of God is upon you. Now, if I was giving an account, now, if I was suddenly called back to you and said, could you give an account of what you've seen? One of the first lines would say, the grace of God's upon them. It's just great. It's just good that all the change that's happened in the last year, the grace of God is on you. It's just the favour of God is here. And I just want to highlight that foundation. We cherish the gospel of God's grace, seek to live lives and build churches in such a way that his grace is magnified and enjoyed fully. The other thing we see is about Barnabas himself. And he goes into Antioch, and it's fascinating, just that line, he's a man filled with the Spirit of God. I just think Barnabas would have been an extraordinary guy to meet. You know, there's some people you meet, and when you sit with them, you walk out feeling like, that just did me good. I just feel encouraged, I feel built up. Not that they necessarily said anything, but they just, just did me good. And there's something about Barnabas where we just see, he just does people good. Just me about being around him makes you think, oh, I can, I can do this Christian stuff. I can live this life worthy of a call. There's something. And what it was? He was filled with the Spirit. And I, I'm slightly nervous, if I'm going to be honest, with some ways churches are being built these days. Because I do feel, in a number of places I've been, the whole spirit aspect is being sidelined. There's a desire to be missional, which is fantastic. We want to reach out and be missional. But not at the expense of allowing the Spirit of God, who's the one who saves people, working amongst us. You know, we don't want to end up with something that is so seeker-friendly, but it's so seeker-friendly it's got no bite to it anymore, no challenge to it anymore, and actually God's not in the midst saying, I want you and you and you and you, and I'm going to put you out of your comfort zone because someone over here is going to speak in tongues and be translated. You know, we want to be a people full of the Spirit. And right in the heart of you as a church is this, our desire and our passion is to see spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit having free range amongst us. That actually anyone who comes amongst you is quickly aware you're a charismatic community. Quickly aware, wow, the presence of God is here. Look at how he's been manifest. Look at this. And actually the expectation is, how on earth are we going to live a Christian call if we're not filled with the Spirit? Let's be filled with him. Let's keep being filled by the Spirit. Now, I'm always amazed 
Mainly, I'm praying through Acts at the moment. And I just found myself, and I found, you know, praying through that, the first chapter. And there's that strange bit where, between the Ascension and Pentecost, you've got the community in the upper room. And it's a strange bit. You know, you kind of sit there and think, right, they've just said goodbye to Jesus, and now they're waiting for the Spirit to come. You know, look at that community. You know, I think I mentioned this before, but it just always hits me. There's a community full of joy, looking at the Word, pointing leaders, but totally irrelevant to the rest of society. Then the Spirit of God comes on them. They break out of the upper room with 3,000 saved that day, 5,000 by the end of the week. The whole way they bring leadership through is totally changed. They're going to all the nations. The Great Commission can now be fulfilled. Why? Because the Spirit of God's come on them. So why is it so much of our church life looks like the 10 days between the Ascension and Pentecost? <laughs> and not like the rest of Acts. When Barnabas goes down, he's full of the Spirit. One of the things of an Antioch church is it's a place where the Spirit works powerfully. It's a place where people are full of the Spirit. It's a place where there's an expectation. You're going to be with us, you're going to be filled with the Spirit. You're going to be with us, the Spirit of God's going to be on you, and you're going to do amazing things. Why? Because not your ability is a question here, God's ability in you, and you're going to fulfill it. So you can have big vision, why? Because the Spirit of God's going to do it. You, yourself, can live with big promises, not because you can do it, but because the Spirit of God in you will do it, and use you to do it. So suddenly, you see a community with a foundation of grace, filled with the Spirit. The third thing we see is it's a community that's having massive local impact. It's interesting, sometimes when people talk about Antioch churches, more about the sending, and miss out, that actually we see here Antioch was having a massive local impact. Such an impact here in Antioch, that it was the first place people were called Christians. And that we were called Christians there because actually of persecution. It was a mocking. It was called Little Christs. It was having such an impact that the community around were aware of the church and started mocking them, calling them Little Christ, Little Christ, Christians. And it stuck. And that's what we all now know as Christians. Because of what happened in Antioch. It was having massive local impact. And so when you talk about being an Antioch church, part of the thing is Sheffield. Part of the thing is your neighbours. Part of the thing is your communities. Part of the thing is that city. You want to have strong local impact. Through Alphas, through Kids Club all the other activities, even through Food Bank. <laughs> even though after seeing last night, it may have an interesting <laughs> I suspect the press will be in touch very soon. No, <laughs> but actually, it has You, each of you, by being part of this church, are called to have massive local impact. Not just these people, these people, all of you. You all, because you're filled with the Spirit, called to have impact locally. You'll be a church that impacts the community, the city, impacts the council, impacts the places of authority. 
impacts everything. They have an ownership of a city. You know, I, I do dream of the day when, when people are wanting to know what's happening on the city, in the city, they first contact the local churches to find out. You know, Stuart yesterday was telling me how Sheffield really birthed football for the whole world. But it's true, you've got the oldest club, you know, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday, the oldest professional club. Fourfolders, oh, it's changed now. <laughs> 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 oh, overnight. <laughs> Confession, no. Oh, I misheard. Anyway, <laughs> the book, you had massive impact. A result of football. Steel. Nations. Massive local impact. International impact. God would say to you again, strong local impact. A massive international impact. The history of your city will also be the story of you and the church. The two are connected. As God will do something here that will impact the community, that will impact the nation and the nations. Antioch had strong local impact. It was also a place where they heard God and responded. They were generous to those in need. They cared for the poor. You know, they would give money. They, when they heard of need, they gave. They wanted to help. It was a community that was a resource for others. And I, I think, you know, there's something of the heart of God that sometimes when we hear the news, we grieve. When we watch the news, I found myself recently more and more having amazing times of prayer after watching the news. Because actually, something about the things I've seen. Like the whole thing that's happening at the moment, you know, in Ukraine. We need to be crying out for God. Because actually, we need to be caught up with our, our brothers and sisters in that nation. Caught up with a nation that is suddenly living in such insecurity suddenly could become a plaything of supernation and actually thinking God please in that place where you have mercy to actually be a church that, that carries the nations we hear of the suffering in other nations we hear you know some of the things that are going on our response is oh God what can we do is there a way we can help we carry that also, the poor amongst us. You know, it's great to hear a food bank. We just have that, that sense of, we want to be a church that's overly generous. We want to be a people that just, that just trust God. You know, that just trust God with his provisions. And want to be overly generous. And just want to, to make people laugh sometimes at what we've done. You know? I, and I just... I just feel that these are foundations, which I mentioned, but are foundations that have been laid in this place for years upon years upon years. These aren't new, just saying this is what an Antioch church is. This is what we see here. A church, remember again, a church, foundation of grace, built with the spirit, strong local impact, a place where foundations, I say as well, a place where foundations were laid in people's lives. Interesting, Barnabas goes and gets Paul. One of the things we see in Antioch is Paul's ministry coming to fruition. 
another test we're called. You know, you have this amazing moment where God breaks in as he's on the road to Damascus to persecute the Christians. Jesus appears and says, what are you doing? You silly little man. What are you doing? Don't you know what you're doing? And suddenly, for Paul, this is a massive moment of change. We almost, we don't hear anything really of Paul for, for 13 years. He kind of disappears. And you say, what was going on? I think at that time, he is restudying scriptures that he knows and loves. And thinking, how do I understand this now as the revelation that I have with Jesus? The revelation I had of the Christ. How now do I understand all of the law? How do I understand all of the scriptures I know and love? I've been preaching for years. How do I now understand it now that I know the Messiah has been? How do I understand it from this new revelation? And so you see that he's had this, and then Barnabas goes and gets him, and actually here in Antioch is where Paul's gift was strengthened. This is where his gift starts to be brought to the fore. And so for you as a church, my prayer is that this will be a community where people's gifts are strengthened. Where gifts come to the fore. Where maybe God's been doing something with someone secretly for years and years and years. And at this moment in time, you've hardly done anything. But this could be a place where suddenly it comes to fruition. It comes to a point where God then says, right, now the next chapter begins. Now yesterday we told our story. The exciting thing is, there are more exciting stories being written in this room than ours. And that this is a place where they will be strengthened and a place where foundations will be laid, and a place where lives will be transformed, ready for their next thing. And also then it's a place where people heard God and responded and were generous to those in need. Acts 13, we read a little bit more about the church in Antioch. It says this, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets, teachers, farmers, Simeon, who was also Cognizia, Lucius a Syrian, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And after fasting and prayer, they laid their hands on them and sent them out. Just got three more points to bring to Antioch Church from this. First, they met God, pretty obvious as well, in worship, prayer, and fasting. I love that. I love the fact that you've got a leadership team there, and a church there, that aren't just having lots of strategy meetings. They're praying and fasting and worshipping, and in that place God is giving them structure to the rest of their beginnings. You know, it's funny, I've suddenly realised I have sat in many, many elders' meetings discussing issues at the church and then realised at the end of the evening we never prayed. And I think, what sort of leadership is that? I suspect from the guys in Antioch they'd say, non existent. They're committed. And actually, here's a community of worshipping. Prayer and fasting, and he's a place God speaks. Now, I'm not decrying. Yes, we have to have conversations. You know, it'd be really frustrating, wouldn't it, if you come to see someone, you come to see Dan and say, Dan, 
difficult to talk about this, this, we've got some issues here on the finance and stuff. Let's just pray and fast. Let's just, let's just pray and fast now for the next couple of days. I think, well, actually, you could have just said yes or no. It was, it was kind of, you know, but great. Because obviously we have to live life. But if there isn't a heart of it, a sense of we've heard God together, we as a community have heard God. This morning, there are a number of prophetic words brought. Actually, you're a community where God speaks to you. And then from worship, prayer, your worship's fantastic. Even if he's a family member. It was great. It was <laughs> your worship, actually, the community worship is just wonderful. And prayer and fasting is a key of who you are. And to what best they were, they God spoke to me. Another interesting thing is this. You see a new generation of leaders forming. In that room, there are a number of names we've not heard before. And they're also from different nations. You know, interesting, there in Antioch, we're not talking all Jewish leadership. We're talking an international gathering of leaders. We're talking people from different nations coming together. We see a new generation of young leaders coming through. And I just uh, want to encourage you that Paul and Barnabas needed to move on to allow the new leaders to go for it, to stand up and count it. They needed to actually move on. It was right that they were going so that new folk had space to grow. And so, you know, it's, it's always painful when people move on. You know, even last night, you know, with the, the songs about the Rushworth and Mark, you know, I remember sitting with Dan and Mark in a, a burger bar in, in, in Sheffield, and Mark saying, this whole thing about Canada, now that Arnold's gone to glory, can I go? My comment to him was, did God speak to you about it before Arnold went or after? He said, before. And I said, therefore, God knew what he was doing. <laughs> God spoke, you've got to do it. Would you like to go? Yeah, well, timings. And sometimes you think, but, but it doesn't fit. God's spoken. Allow it to happen. But actually, part of that is to allow new leadership to emerge. I mean, it's fascinating, but you see there the leadership, this astonishing thing, and leaders who were prophets and teachers. It's an interesting combination. In that room were prophets and teachers. Now, that I pray about this weekend, I just felt God say that part of Dan's calling was to be able to knit prophets and teachers together in a unique and remarkable way that would impact the city and impact wider. And actually, interesting, it was when Paul and Barnabas were sent that they were then known as apostles. Actually, it doesn't appear that they are they're seen as part of the prophets and teachers into that community. Obviously, it's not about gifts, but it's interesting that so often... When I hear churches talk about being Antioch, you look at their model, and it's much more of a Jerusalem model than it is an Antioch model. That's what the ownership model. Actually, there's something here of a fluidity of leadership and development of leadership that's just exciting. Now, we don't really know what it's like. We've just got glimpses. But you do see these basic principles. And ultimately, at the end, they generously sent people. I love that. When God spoke to them, that Paul and Barnabas going, they didn't put into action a big 
sort of process. It seems to be God spoken, Paul of Barnabas, we feel it's right, we pray them fasting, yes, pray them out, off they go. They give them generously. Now when I was thinking about this, I was thinking probably the church missed Barnabas more than missed Paul. <laughs> you know, I kind of get the feeling, you know, if you had a choice of an evening, Barnabas or Paul, you'd kind of think, well, what mood am I in? Do I want to be encouraged and built up? Or do I want to be challenged? And, uh, uh, you know, one of us are soft things. We're all hard to make them feel nice. But, you know, I can imagine when the church is told, oh, by the way, Barnabas and Paul are on their way. It was a Barnabas, oh, that's a shame. Oh, Paul, yeah. <laughs> but there's only, you know, they're actually, they're generously sent. And what's fascinating about the sending, and we miss this sometimes, is they go and they come back. Antioch becomes the base where Paul and Barnabas come and give reports. It becomes the place that they return. We know Paul at least three times returns for a long period of time to Antioch. As he comes back and is refreshed and strengthened there and reports all that's going on to that church. They are caught up in the missions of Paul in a very amazing and exciting way. And actually there's a strange sending and receiving, sending and receiving, sending and receiving. So often the way we work is, send! Next thing. (laughs) Actually, oh they're gone. We're forgetting them now. That's that's old history. That was back then. They can get on with it. Sink or swim. That's the way you do it. We're going to go. No, there's a sending and receiving. Sending and receiving. And I just feel God wanting you to model something in what it is to send someone in the things of God, remaining with them in some way, and then receiving them back amongst you, but not receiving them back in a way that locks them up, but actually receives them just send again. And I always feel that actually there's a number of ministries amongst you that have already gone, some that will be going, where actually there'll be a sending and receiving. There'll be long-term relationship in this whole thing. It's almost like parents sending their kids. You know, there's a, there's a sending, but you don't then lock the door, throw the key away, <laughs> cut off the, the finances, they will have that sorted, you know, I well, that's that. That's right now. Oh, right. And there's a poor child wandering in a bag. You know? <laughs> that's it. I've never allowed back home. You know? Actually, yeah, what I hear from everybody is they never really leave home. That seems to be the thing. You know, they always seem to reappear. I think some parents just make that a bit more extreme. But let's go. And sometimes you send and you receive back. You don't want your children not going to come back. You want your children not to come and influence. And then, there's some interesting moments. I'm finding even with my own parents. The point where the one who has been caring for me, I'm now caring for them. Strange moments. And actually, I just feel, in Antioch church, there's always said sometimes you'll be sending people, and when you receive them back, sometimes they'll be receiving back, and you'll receive care from them. Because actually, even though you've helped them go, Sometimes you need to receive them back to help you into the next thing. I suppose I kind of feel for you as a church, these are things that God has laid as a foundation for you. Strong local impact, generous sending, a people developing leaders, foundation of grace, all the others. Because God would say this, if your vision is small, 
Whenever you hear of change, you will always count the cost. Whenever your vision is small, whenever you hear of something changing, your response will be, how is that going to impact me? How is that going to impact the church? How is that going to impact the finances? If your vision is big, you will see any change as gain. If your vision is big, anyone going, you will say, this is gaining more of the kingdom. This is advance. Anything changing, this is gain. Any new fellowship and getting any more new congregation starting, you'll think this is gain. The trouble is, sometimes it's quite emotional. None of us really like sending people. You know, it, you kind of can sit in a sermon like this and say, yeah, got it, great, yeah, we send, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly you think, actually, no, I kind of like them. <laughs> you know, I forgot that bit when I was excited with my family too, but actually, I kind of like seeing them. And it, it's going to hurt me a bit than going. I'm not sure about this. Suddenly you say, no, actually, you will gain more by them going. And you'll gain something. But it is emotional. You know, when you have a vision from congregations around the city, that kind of means that some of the people who are sitting next to you now, you won't see every Sunday. And sometimes you'll find that when you do the weekend away, it's a, uh, I've been seeing you, I've not seen you for ages. Do you remember we used to meet up? Oh, yeah, they were the good old days, aren't they? What do you do now? Well, I meet up with people. There's this strange emotional process. Antioch were losing Paul and Barnabas. That's quite a loss. That's quite a miss. But they saw it again as they had a big vision. And I just feel this weekend, part of what God wants to remind you is you're a people on a big mission with big dreams, big vision. And the reason you're brought into this church and into the community is because these principles are here. That you are a community with a foundation of grace. You are a people wanting to be filled with the Spirit. You are a community that wants to have a strong local impact. You are a place where foundations are laid in people's lives in the church, a place where people's gifts can be strengthened. You are a place where you've heard God responding and generous to those who are in need. You are a place that meets God in worship, prayer and fasting. You are a place where a new generation of leaders will be forming. And you are a place who is generously sent allow people to go. God says, I want to remind you of these things. I also feel today that actually some people are with your ways. I've always felt it. I've always felt that somehow in the sort of conversations I've had with Arnold in the past, with others, there's something for you as a resource into that nation. And it is significant that this weekend You've got the North and the South represented. And the joke is always between the North and the South, you have to go via England to get to each other. <laughs> and actually, there is some real truth in that. But actually, I think so often, to really establish something in Wales, Wales, when it's built on its own, implodes. That's what history says. We just, we don't have outside help to implode. So even our rugby team, Seriously, it's true. If we didn't leave it with Welsh coaches, they will fall out of each other. It's, it's just bad. We have to have New Zealanders come over. You know? and, and even then, the Welsh Rugby Union falls out with everybody. It's designed to. It's just, I don't know what it is about. I just, you know, it's just 
that's what God's given us. But, but release us to the nation. It's great news. But it's not very good sometimes in our own nation. And, uh, and actually, we need Antioch Aces to connect us to. And it's funny, this weekend, I made my comments at the start saying, you know, friends that sometimes you can meet, and you have some bridges and you reconnect and that is the good. I feel that for you as a church. There are moments where you connect. We need you. I mean, it's true, isn't it? In Wrexham, we need the guys here. But as going to Ponty, we need the relationship and the friendship. We need what God put in you to help us. Some of you will come and help. Some of you will come for weekends and eat our food. Drink our brains beer. <laughs> you know, the thing I love about brains beer, Reverend James brains beer, is it's just always fun to go into a restaurant and when the waiter comes in and says, "What would you like?" to response is, "Have you got any brains?" I just love it. <laughs> every time, every time it makes me giggle, and every time I think, in reality, I'm a ten-year-old boy still. <laughs> we really shouldn't be allowed to drink bitter. And so it's going on. But. Some of you just can't be part. But I just want this. Put the nations in your heart. Because that's the foundation that our Lord carried. And actually, part of it is Wales. This nation that we're representing here. And I said, I felt sent from you guys. I've never been prayed for. I felt sent. I feel actually sometimes we've been coming back, and us even going back this weekend, wasn't just about the feet of your fans and you. Actually, you have massively blessed us. You have no idea. You have massively blessed us. And I want to say thank you for being a people, being obedient to God. And I just want to end with this one thing, and this is connecting the two bits together with the Antioch and and the story of yesterday. When I went to Swansea about the church plant, and the guy had a word for me, the interesting word was this. The enemy's tried to destroy you for an attack on your health. He's tried to destroy you, is about to try and destroy you for an attack on your family. And there was another little comment, which was, and destroy you and your spirit. Just this little thing, and your spirit. Now, you've seen, you heard yesterday, the attack we had on the family. Do you know what? Actually, the bit that really got me was my spirit. I'm not designed to be cynical. I'm not designed. I'm designed to just enjoy stuff, really. I'm, I'm, and suddenly, there was a moment while we were going through all of this that some people I went to get support from didn't really give support. They thought they were. But they kind of said, well, we need to put some things in place. If this is found guilty, what does that do for you? You need to think about what your role will be. And maybe you have to change your job. And, and actually, I suddenly found out we a few of what I would say is Job's comforters. And there are a few people, and actually it was a time where there was a lot of change going on in New Frontiers. And I suddenly found myself being a bit disconnected. About disconnected, the very thing I didn't want to happen in Wales, which is we go to Wales... And you want to say, hey, well, you want to remain connected. And you go to Wales and suddenly you find yourself disconnected and becoming very Welsh. <laughs> and all this work. And suddenly found this, I found myself in a situation where I was feeling hurt by Christians, feeling disconnected from people I loved. 
And there was this horrible moment where one day I was praying and I suddenly thought, I'm becoming cynical about church. And it was this moment where I suddenly realised there's a real attack on my spirit here. I could allow something to get into me that could stop me really being a man of faith. Actually, that was the most dangerous moment in the whole story. The most dangerous moment was when I started to fall out of love with the church. The most dangerous moment was when I started to think, is this really what's cracked out of me? And I actually started to feel, I didn't fall out of love with God, but I realised that something happened. And actually, at that moment, there were people who rang me connected to them and helped them. And one was Arnold. One was Arnold. Right. And actually, it really hit me. But sometimes you need those friends who can help you when you're actually under attack and you are aware of it. I want to say this, the biggest battle for some of you will be the attack on your spirit. The biggest battle for you will be cynicism. The biggest battle when you talk about being an anti your face will be this. I've heard this before. Don't happen. That's the biggest battle. The biggest battle is feeling disconnected in a growing movement. The thing that is the biggest battle is feeling, well, where do I fit in? What's my part? And all the self-centered stuff that we battle with. You know, I, I, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm just on a shelf. I've never used the phrase, I remember Paul saying, you know, there goes the face off the Kremlin wall. You know, you kind of feel like you just disappeared. You're kind of, I'm in Wales and that's it. And then suddenly at that moment you get the phone call from someone saying, I can do this. We're all vulnerable to it. We're all, we're all ridiculously insecure. <laughs> you try not to be. We are. We are. And so when we talk about being an anti church and going forward and all this, you think, yes, yes, yes. But actually then we start thinking, well, how's it apply to me? What do I like wrong? Does that mean a new generation of leaders? Does that mean um, I'm a big piece now? Does that mean I'm past it? No. New generation of leaders can be in the 70s. <laughs> Whatever God's got is when you're going to be. We shouldn't be so obsessed with age. We shouldn't be so obsessed with this and this and this. We just need to be obsessed with who God's got his hand on. Really, really obsessed with actually being a church for everybody, a church where everyone feels connected, a church that goes on. And sometimes we've got to be honest. An Antioch church has got to be honest and say, do you know what, actually, I'm beginning to get lost in this at the moment. I'm learning. And we say, no, well, thanks for being honest, but let's pray. Let's see if we can get help. But also be saying, actually, I want to keep my eyes focused on Christ. If I do that and keep reminding myself of the grace of God, keep reminding myself of being filled with the Spirit, I will keep going. But the biggest battle in the church is us losing heart. And that's why I'm always reminded of someone like Robin in India, in China Cherry. When he went to plant the church, they moved from Dubai. He always tells the testimony, he always wants you to know he had an AC apartment in Dubai. They moved to China Cherry. They started their church plant. Six years no one went. Six years! Six years they used to pray in that room for God to move as a family. No one ever turned up. Now, I don't know about you, but if we were going to pop to breathe and we start something in our home and we're told six years no one's going to come, I think I'd probably say, 
thanks but no thanks. He just, you know, it doesn't sound much fun. Not that I don't like being with my family and enjoy them, but if you know, I just would find it really difficult when people say, how's it going? Oh, it's really, oh, it just does. <laughs> oh, well, how long has that been? Well, five years. Seven months. Do you want to say, what do you think you can write there? Uh, no, I don't know. You know, kept going. And then there was a moment where their next-door neighbour, Cannon, injured his back as a result of work and was asked, they asked, could they pray for him? They prayed for him, he got healed, he got saved. That was the turning point. Cannon got healed and saved, the following week his wife got saved. From that point on, every week people got saved. Every week. I remember being there in this uh, sort of 7 o'clock in the morning, this queue of people on Sunday morning getting baptised in this rather dubious looking baptism in his back garden. You know, just sort of remember this. I'm thinking there's a consistency. There are promises in this room. There are things that some of you are living with that have been spoken over you. And actually in your spirit now, the battle says, do you still believe it? There's things spoken of you as a church, there's things individually. And God wants to say today, if I spoke it, I meant it. And for some of you, there needs to be a capturing again of that first love. Capturing again that, yes, the grace of God, the church for everybody, filled with the Spirit, going and impacting our local community, impacting the nation. Yeah, I'm up for that. And actually, God spoke to me that actually I've got a part to play in it. Some of you are pretty bruised and battered. Some of you are a bit weary of the journey. I would say today, let's go again. Let's go again. So, but let's go again. And the next phase be a phase of real healing and release. Do you know a situation in this room I have no idea about? No idea. Some of you heard the story yesterday and actually went through and said, well, actually, to be honest, that sounds quite nice. <laughs> That sounds quite easy. We should see some of the stuff we walk through. Yeah, actually, we've all got our own stories. The grace of God is sufficient. That's not just some sort of slogan. Real. The grace of God's foundation here. Let's get up again. Let's go to it. Let's forgive those who've hurt. Let's move on to new things. We'll stand. Thank you.